Hello and welcome back to our latest review for What If Thor Were an Only Child. And joining me as always is Josh. Dave Ned. And Tony. They're here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, it's not as always because Josh missed the last one because of technical difficulties. We got there eventually to record our other show, but... um, you missed the, the last what if, didn't you? Yeah, I, and to be honest, I was that fucking bored with the last one. I made up, I, li- I missed it. I just couldn't be arsed. Just, I literally had one thought on that last episode and it was just someone wake me the fuck up. Yeah. When it's I think finished. we we agreed with that, that it was, it was probably the weakest of all of them so far. It um, was a good premise, but yeah. poorly executed. It, as we said, it was just pretty much Killmonger's exact same thoughts, just done slightly differently. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, um, and I think we're going to have different thoughts between the three of us on this episode. Mm. Yeah. As I said, it's what if Thor were an only child. So let's dive in. We've got two more episodes left after this one. Um, and we know what the next one is. Um, so there's no worrying about what it is. Um so let's dive into, into this one. Um, so my first note was, Kat Dennings has a perfect voice for animation. Yes. She yes, was great. I thought she was fantastic. Yeah. It, yeah. She's got such a strange voice as it is. Yeah. And it kind of works with the, the style of animation, certainly for this. Yeah. And I imagine yeah. it would probably be good in multiple different styles of animation. Just thought she was mm. fantastic. Um, yeah. Whereas the opposite one, Natalie Portman, her performance was slightly strange, and I can't yeah, I put my finger on it, why. But, I mean, I didn't mind it, but it wasn't as good as I think this. Uh, I think Natalie Portman's performance was. You know how we've said through each episode, there's one actor in it who's quite flat. Yeah, she was that for me. There, there's a few uh, characters throughout this show that this episode that. Ones that we've already spoken about and ones that we haven't had a lot to deal with. That are this is going to be interesting. Because I thought pretty much everybody did a great job and I thought she was great. I thought it was a much more lighter tone performance from her than we've seen in the film version. I think I, I, I like that. And there was, there was a lot more fast pace to her delivery and I quite liked it when she's on the phone at the start. I thought it was great. The only thing I can probably say about this is she is in a very different headspace with that mm. character currently because of where they're going in the live action that I wonder whether she just didn't quite know where she was going with it Um, for me I think she just kind of lost her way a little bit yeah Um, my next note is the Elvis impersonator (laughs) I can't believe they (laughs) threw that that character in obviously he comes back later on in the episode and we'll touch on that but when he first comes to earth it's the Elvis impersonator that's front and centre watching him land and I'm like come on I know it's a whole big thing in Vegas but he's not just going to be specifically there is he he's going to be in the little white chapel um, <laughs> rather than that um, one thing that did make me um, not chuckle I would say raise an eyebrow at the party print for fuck's sake <laughs> what an awful name to give him it's like oh no just 
don't. This is this is my whole problem with the live action Thor. And I thought this whole episode was going to be like that, and it isn't because they're not laughing at him, where they have been in the the films. You've laughed at him, not with him. Whereas mm. throughout this episode, I found that I was laughing with him because of what he was doing, because no one else was taking him seriously. Whereas the live action, everybody else around him is quite serious. Um, but he isn't. And it works with this. And But I just didn't like that, that line uh, <laughs> at all, calling him that. What I will say is this Thor pretty much feels like Hemsworth in real life. <laughs> yeah, the, sur- the surfer <laughs> dude that he was before he became a Hollywood star. Um, yeah. So it does pretty much feel like him. Um, and and touching on that, worrying about what this this episode was going to be like, uh, Josh. I know you're not a massive fan of it. Um, whereas I was, take it or leave it. And Tony, you said you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I'd laugh my, like a drain throughout. <laughs> my problem going into it was that I was worried about the lack of friction between Thor and Loki that mm. I thought was going to harm mm. the episode. And it actually doesn't at yeah. all because it's a, it is a completely different take on both characters, um, which um, I liked. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. I think it basically showed you what an influence they are on each other and yeah. how they didn't have that same influence this time. that they had more of a bro influence than a, than a brother influence on each other this time yeah yeah um my next thing again it was a shame we were missing quite a few key voices from this episode of people that i thought might have come back um obviously we had a replacement for frigga the warriors three heimdall though heimdall doesn't say a lot um and Does didn't really need to be he kind of growls, doesn't he? Yeah, because I, yeah. I, I did a rewatch literally about half an hour ago before we started recording. And I'm, I won't lie, I was on my phone for about half of it. Like, just not even taking it in, really. Just, like, kind of recapping for recording purposes. But I'm pretty sure Handel says absolutely nothing. I no, think he, he, barely he even kind growls. He growls at um, Natalie Portman, doesn't he? All oh, right. When she lands and that's about it. I guess Idris was busy or they couldn't afford him. <laughs> yeah. But then you've got some of the stars that come in and give ridiculous one-line cameos. <laughs> that just, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand why you would have characters that are throughout the episode and not have their voices in this case and only, and then have these stars come in and, and give you one line. Um, it was just a bit strange for me this time with that. And also, we get a cameo of Carl Urban's character, who doesn't hey. speak either. Hey. Um, just just appears, gives him a headlock, and off he goes. And that's it. <laughs> but, but again, on that note, why does the cybernetic robot cartoon turn me on? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Nebula, what? It's just Karen. It's no yeah, matter it what she does. It, it, it is here. It's it's Karen's voice in that character is just fantastic. From the first time yeah. she appeared in the films, it's just because it's so because and we we've met her. She's this high pitched, giggly Scottish lass, and yeah. then you hear this sort of torch song American accent coming out. And like, wow, yeah. where's that come from? It's Jessica Rabbit voice, you know, and it's wow. Yeah, yeah. and onto a, a, another actor who doesn't turn me on. Um, 
Howard the Duck. Seth Green is no <laughs> If you're getting turned on by Howard the Duck, you seriously need to see a psychologist. Once you go dark. Hey. <laughs> um, but Seth Green is no perfect. As that it's funny that like. because you watch, you watch the film and it makes you turn off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I, I just love Seth in this role and I'm, I'm so glad those rumours that he wasn't coming back to this were, were null and void. Um, pretty much straight away, he said he was he was coming back. He's just he's just brilliant, and there's the two well the two or three appearances he makes in this. Um, yeah. I know I name you Darcy and Dark. It's just <laughs> brilliant. Um, yeah. So that makes yeah. a Darcy Duck, doesn't it? It's just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Thandral is quite clearly Josh Dallas's version, not Zach Levi's. Yeah. But not voiced um, by him, apparently. <laughs> not, not voiced by either of them, um, <laughs> which is a shame, considering as Josh Dallas has worked quite consistently for Disney, um, mm. as well as his wife. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't come back because we know he didn't want to give the job up. Yeah. I was only forced to because of Once Upon a Time. So it was, it was a bit su- surprising that he didn't. Um, what can I say? Jeff Goldblum released the phone. Just <laughs> great cameo. That's see, that was the one. Him. That was the one that I just didn't expect. I did not expect to see him come back and voice it. So no. I'm really pleased. Well, him nor Natalie, I didn't expect to see either of them in this episode. No. The only thing you can say with Natalie is that she is kind of contracted to play that character. So mm. I would imagine it was it was part of the deal when she signed to yeah, come possibly. back. Yeah, possibly. That she agreed to do that. But yeah, Goldblum. Though, of course, he is working for Disney Plus consistently at the moment, so Mm. um, that's not a surprise. Um, Going back to people that I don't think are great, and this is the one that we have talked about, Frank Grillo still doesn't seem to get it. No. Crossbones just isn't Crossbones for me. He's just some random agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. But is that down to the way he's been written, though? Because in both appearances, he's been a more comedic character. Yeah, and that's very strange for that character because he's a really gruff, serious yeah. character in the film. And I wonder whether it's more—it's—it's it's what Grillo's been given to do—is the problem. Maybe, possibly, it just just doesn't work for me in this. Both both of his appearances have have just been a letdown. Now, especially... he's basically come across as a Disney version of Crossbones in these two episodes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a shame because he he spent all that time moaning about how his character has been treated mm. and he's come back and we're getting this sort of appearance and it's kind of like, I kind of wish he just stayed away from it and not yeah. come back and, yeah, and I, stuck to I, what he'd said. No, I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I, th- I think it's the way the character has been written for him to, to deliver yeah. those lines. Um, what I will say is I want to see more uh, Frost Giant Loki. I think he's brilliant. <laughs> Tom Tom's performance is just great, and it's something so different to the Loki yeah. that we know. That's just Tom, though. He can't. He just can't do anything bad, really, can he? No, um, no. except for charge two hundred and twenty-five pounds to meet him at the convention. <laughs> um, uh, you both read it then. The price. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll move on from Tom at this point. Um, another character <laughs> that I'm not a big fan of in this and that's Carol Danvers I don't like the voice actress she just doesn't work this Carol is far too jovial for my liking 
the one we've come to know as being quite serious and stoic. And this one just comes across as kind of happy-go-lucky, I'm going to take out the party prince. And it, it just doesn't seem like she really has any cares. And, and again, it's partly how it's written. But mm. also, I don't think that the actress is particularly a match for Brie Larson. Um, which is a shame because this this episode really did showcase the character. Um, mm. I would have just liked to have seen a little bit more of the Carol that we've started to learn to like that we've seen in the last few films. And it's it's a shame, um, especially considering I think she is going to be in the finale by all accounts. Um, yeah. Well, because the thing is, I would have assumed that we would have the Carol Danvers from Fury's Big Week episode come yeah. up again in, in, in a finale, not this one, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I suppose. It might well be. We didn't learn mm. much about that that version, did we? No, it was literally um, like one line, wasn't it, at the end? Yeah. Um, I have to say, I quite like Thor being taken out. Finally <laughs> knocked down a peg or two. It's a great fight. It's probably, yeah. I think it's one of the best fights across the entire MCU. She just gives as good as she gets, and so does he. And it's just the, the yeah. when you see her punched after the films, and think well, nobody could get close to her, and he just drops and he catches her twice with Mullen here. It's brilliant. It, it's done. that whole sequence, that whole sequence though, where she catches him three times, and his face yeah. just goes blur, blur, blur yeah. across the screen. And I just love that. I really <laughs> wanted like him up in the sky. From that where like you know where Hella catches Mjolnir in Ragnarok, and yeah. then I really wanted Carol to do that. Obviously, she can't lift Mjolnir, I imagine, but I really wanted her to be able to at least stop it. Yeah, yeah, but, rather down, than yeah. catch it. Yeah, yeah, and that that touches on another one of my points that this Thor is quite clearly nothing without the hammer. No, because yeah. as soon as he has it, hasn't got it, she beats the snot out of him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I quite like that as well, that it, it clearly does make a distinction because he's proven that he's still a hero without it. Yeah. Um, in the film, I also, so. in a similar vein, I love the the long shots where we see the names of the countries, which is somewhat very, very sort of animaniacs kind of thing, and it's Yeah. You know, the, um, there's an episode with a, fa- a family guy where they do that, I think, with Dewey and Brian are flying across Europe, and they comment on the fact that it's like... <laughs> It's like a map. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we get on to some, some more comedic moments. Um, we've got a couple of lines like party pooper, um, which Chris <laughs> absolutely nails. Um, and then kappa kappa frat freak. I quite liked as well. Um, but the, the, big, the most hilarious bit for me, and a lot of people probably won't like it, is the Stonehenge, Stonehenge sequence. It's so childish. <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny and I can't help but, but laugh, uh, laugh at it and it, it's not the first time that gag's been used either I mean infamously it's in the uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation when Tark yeah. reverses into it and, it's, and, and yeah. you watch it mortified because it's something that's so intrinsically British and part yeah. of our heritage and you see yeah. these, these characters just come and demolish it <laughs> yeah and, and on that note obviously we then get the London Eye being taken off like a spinning wheel by the Frost Giants <laughs> and Sosa just ripping the arm off Lady Liberty that is so <laughs> which, funny 
which pays back when he when he burns it back on and he sold yeah. it back on, which is I think is great. Um, yeah. And then then probably one of my favourite bits and going back to, to Tom Hiddleston, proper swabbing it up on the phone. Um, quite clearly, that's <laughs> yes. how he got in Taylor Swift's knickers by doing something <laughs> like that. So we um, we know how how he pulls the ladies now um, with his um, with his phone calls by the sound of it. Um, <laughs> I also he's he's trying to, to hold on to the little thing, this minuscule little phone in his hand. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I also love the, the dig at Hemsworth with uh, sliding down that pointy thing. Um, because <laughs> quite clearly, that's his hometown. Um, so I quite like that. Um, we get one mention of Selvig throughout the whole episode. Mm. Um, yeah. Which is a shame. Well, because it, I, it, well, he didn't really. He wouldn't have really fitted in anyway, would he? In terms of the story narrative, anyway, I think so. It's fair enough. I was no, he probably that. would have. He probably would have fitted in the previous episode when the the Avengers mm. get taken out. He probably would have been been a better fit there, um, mm. but wasn't used. Obviously, um, again, Frigga is always that poignant character in the Thor story, as she is here. Yeah. Um, but, really what like a great! That. But it's a great moment though when she when she just sort of. Buggers off with the ladies for a drinking weekend. I know. <laughs> Brilliant. And then she's like, as always, I've got to leave early. Um, so yeah. quite clearly, this isn't the first time Thor's pulled this no. sort of thing. No. Um, so um, then we get Pukey Drax. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, we didn't really need Batista in this one. Um, no. It's one little line. Obviously, we get the dancing Drax earlier in the episode. Um, and then, then a couple more gags, which I thought were great. Uh, Grandmaster on the scoot scoots, I like that. <laughs> um, and you get that that old gag of fixing pizza, as always happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you have an episode like this, it's always going to be in there. Um, yeah. And then, kind of at the end, I have to say this is just as much Captain Marvel's episode as it is Thor's. Um, yeah. It's definitely a, a dive into a story, just possibly not my favourite portrayal. Um, and then that final scene just completely pulls the rug from under you when you think it's all, oh, it's, all settled. It, it's brilliant. But it's the way that it's done. Yeah. And that even the watcher is surprised. The, the way that Tarrant, the, the line is just, he delivers that happily ever after and sort of realises, well, that's not right to start with. And yeah. the way you just... And, and the animation for him as well. What? Yeah, and it's the fact yeah, that you wait. don't see his face to start with. You think it's just Ultron. Yeah. And then, and then as and he then comes then, out of the shadow and you, yeah. the face is revealed and you're like, that's Vision, not yeah. Ultron. And you're like, oh, shit. The, the shit has hit the Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a great way to, and quite clearly, is setting up the finale. I don't think it's going to be the next episode because we know, as I said, it's, it's Tony well, Stark. That's, and we we know that that episode one. is going to bring Gamora into the fold, isn't it? That's how yeah. it's going to play out this week, I mean. Yeah. So, but, yeah, so, yeah. That, that last, those last few moments were just fantastic. Yeah. It, it's just the way that uh, the, um, the watcher, that, that line comes out. He's in the, it, Sort of because it felt very much like it, it felt like the most Disney episode in terms of the animation and, and the story, yeah. etc. And that yeah. was like a Disney moment. And then 
and then when he when he goes, what? Yeah. You know, wait, what? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> and when the watch the, is doing that, dude. It's the look on Thor's face as well as he walks yeah. by, and he's like, "Oh, what the hell?" <laughs> yeah. So, so if either of you got any more thoughts you want to add before we wrap uh, up on our final thoughts, uh, I say, uh, for me, the well, both the voice and the character was was. Darcy, I love this incarnation of Darcy. Just it's it's just cat basically, but it's another version. And the stuff with her and Howard, and her are sort of fanboying over, fangirling over of Captain Marvel. And when she yeah. basically said she was expected a dude, which I thought was a great sort of reference back to the original, yeah, incarnation. I thought that was really good. And the poltergeist reference that I sort of alluded to as well. So it just now, and I, I kind of want to see that version of Darcy get her own show. <laughs> um, yeah, I, think I just love the cameos, all the background stuff at the parties, all this, and sort of you see scrolls everywhere and people from um, uh, the, the place in Ragnarok. I can't get the planet's yeah. called now. Uh, all those sort of characters in the background is just great. And, and Korg, Korg, <laughs> love the way that Fury. Of course, yeah, we've forgotten the, the Maria thing. Um, so we got yeah. the way that we dealt with um, with Shield. So the nice Shield cameos were great as well. And Clark must be loving this gig, I think. And he, <laughs> who would have thought all those years ago when he was the the nondescript agent? Um, yeah, that still what twelve, thirteen years later, he's still playing him. Yeah, yeah. And now I, I, I as I said earlier before we recorded. Narratively, it's probably not one of the best ones, but it's just a really fun, disposable entry. And and I think it's quite telling that it was probably supposed to be two episodes earlier, because I think it was supposed to break up that sort of gloom and doom yeah. before we get it back again. And it, I, I'd love to know why they shifted it, because as I noticed as well from a couple of videos online that the Watcher is still not quite is fully formed in, in some of this episode as he has been. Yeah where it would have fitted in two episodes earlier, which is sort of very strange. I think I, if I do I a rewatch, I'm, I wonder yeah. whether it had something to do with the loss of an episode. Possibly, yeah. I wonder Maybe. whether that end, end scene was meant to tie to another one that should have been uh, around this time. I'm wondering whether, like, when this series actually finishes, like this series of What If, um, we'll get, like, a, a kind of press release of them saying, oh, if you're gonna go back and rewatch it, we recommend watching it in this particular order. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Round. round. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I I wonder but, whether there was that that extra episode would have had more Ultron vision in it. Yeah, but I think that's coming in the finale from what we've seen yeah. in the trailers. Um, yeah, I, I'm this, sure it sure it is, but I just wonder whether there was an episode that kind of introduced him a bit more, so we would have had that oh, last last bit in this episode and then we would have had an episode at this point where he was kind of in the background doing stuff and we would have learned well, a little maybe, bit more yeah. or may, maybe there was a what if yeah he became Ultron and perhaps or something I don't yeah. know interesting I know uh, Josh have yeah. you got any, no, I enjoyed anything it. yeah um, yeah I just uh, the, the only reason I'm kind of like right on the other side of the fence to Tony on this is just purely because as time went on, 
and obviously yet the episodes have been shuffled about a little behind the scenes. Um, I just kind of expected as we went on that the stakes, even in the self-contained episodes that wouldn't have any effect on the finale at all, that they would have some sort of high stakes in though in their own little universe episodes because like this one aside from those last 30 seconds literally all that happens is thor comes to earth has a party fuck shit up and before his mark comes home he's got to tidy the gaff up do you know what i mean like mm. the only thing that like you're really shitting yourself at in the plot is the fact that frigga's coming from wherever the hell she's been to tell thor off it's it's not really like oh because thor didn't grow up with loki um you know the war with the frost giants never ended and there was just like mass genocide across all nine realms some type of thing i was kind of hoping for something along them lines obviously the budget or the the style of animation or the time frame in which for, for them to complete an episode might not have allowed mm. for that but you could still scale something like that down and just have like the, the in the watcher saying like the final battle in the war between Jodenheim and Asgard fell on earth and just basically have a massive bust up on uh well on I earth. took it see that the that the old man taking the baby back was enough to end that war see yeah no and, I got and... I got that but I can't I just feel like there just aren't enough high stakes in across some of these dud episodes like for example prime example actually the doctor strange episode because of one tiny little change an entire universe is destroyed because but in this episode one tiny little universe party you know what i mean that that's the i kind of want a bit of a bit of drama and yeah. like, I, I want a bit of a, well again i mean what, like, i took it that, was. i took it that the stakes were going to be that that his partying is basically effectively dangerous because he destroyed a fucking meteor yeah see <laughs> that's the thing I, now if they'd have done that and party thought actually does destroy a planet because a party gets out of hand that would have been a fucking great episode but because everything is literally finished, Superman 78 style, just flying backwards around the world, <laughs> just sorting shit out before mum comes home. I was kind of like, oh, is that yeah. it? I th- I'll, I'll be honest. I, th- I think I think it's probably down to what we were expected from the start. For me, an episode that's about Party Thor, I would have expected nothing less than a daft episode. And I don't think I would have wanted much serious in there. Because you, yeah, you've got to have one ridiculous episode. <laughs> I think it's literally because of all the episodes that we've had so far. Off the top of my head, I haven't got like a list of the episodes in front of me, but off the top of my head, there are two episodes that actually had a, a proper what I would call what if scenario, as in something tiny happens, but from it you get this massive change, mm. and it's the it's the 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 second episode where T'Challa is Star Lord. And uh, the Doctor Strange episode. Possibly mm. you could put zombies in there, but to me, that is what you were saying about a little gimmick episode where they could literally end it and you never really have to worry about it again. Mm. And for me, I'm right smack in the middle. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, wasn't anything special, wasn't bad. I enjoyed it doesn't really 
move the needle at all. But mm. I was quite happy to watch it again. I've seen it three times, whereas last week it was an effort to even watch it twice. Yeah. Uh, and for yeah. me, it's it's a step up in quality this week. Um, not the best. Um, and we're obviously coming towards the end. And I think, I think it kind of just feels like they had to have an episode that was based around Thor and they thought, what could we do that is different to mm-hmm. the Thor that we already have seen? Um, yeah. uh, and to a point, it is different. I think it's closer to the current Thor than it could have been. Um, as in the character himself, obviously a lot of the things around him has changed. Um, but I enjoyed it. Um, just And he's... Sometimes animation should just be silly fun. It shouldn't be oh, anything yeah. Yeah. more than that. But, yeah. but my, my argument was basically that I'd say that a fair whack of these episodes so far have literally just been gimmick, not not many ramifications going forward type episodes. They've just been very self-contained, whereas they're big enough, this finale of like uh, T'Challa as Star-Lord getting together with Captain Carter and Gamora as Thanos and all that stuff. But yet we haven't really seen anything. I assume we'll see something at the end of the next episode. But we've not. There's not been a, a sort of tease at the end of each episode, aside from maybe the Doctor Strange one and the ones where those characters are actually going to carry forward. For me, I think pretty much every episode has given us a reason as to why the character is going to be in that last episode. Agent Carter travel through time. Yeah. Oh yeah, Star Lord, Star Lord, back on Earth, back in Wakanda. Yeah. Strange, obviously, now is in some random realm. Um, we've got some characters from the zombie episode that we know are on their way somewhere else, and and I feel like they have. Whereas the stories have been quite self-contained and haven't set anything up, most of them have had something at the end as to give us a reason why they are going to be in that finale. Mm. Um. So, yeah. and and this one does quite clearly. Thor is going to be in the finale because he's just met Vision Ultron. Yeah. Um. So it's it's interesting. We we have got, and I think for the first time, this is the first time we've all had differing opinions on these. Yeah. Um. Like across the spectrum. Um. Every other episode, we've kind of all been quite close. Like some of us haven't liked them as much as others, but we've kind of said they're still good. Yeah. We've still enjoyed them, or we've said they're bad. Yeah. Whereas this one, we've all had very different opinions. So it's interesting mm. that... And yeah. it's quite funny because, for me, Thor is really split in my opinion these days, as I've said. Um, I'm not a massive fan of Ragnarok now. It gets on my wick, <laughs> um, what they've done with him. But Interestingly, I preferred this style for Thor than I did that. So Thor is a very, very differing uh, character, I think, at the moment um, yeah. for a lot of people. So it's well, yeah, interesting it's... that this episode should should be that as well. Mm. So, Paul, would you yeah. like to see a return to um, Thor 1 type Thor? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd yeah, much rather I... see the, the Norse god version of him than... Yeah. Than the surfer dude that we've got now. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. I mean, the common, I think we mentioned it before, 
that that was the comedy in the first Thor film was his fish out of water stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and smash smashing the drink on the floor and things like that and, and learning to be on Earth. The comedy that has come later on just feel a lot more forced. Yeah. I think it's it's just um, more that, that's just Taika's style, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but but they kind of started it a little bit in the second one, things like where he's gonna hang up Molinier at the end and things like that with the and the whole thing know, in the apartment, yeah. 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 So yeah, it's it's a shame because it's not the character from the comic books anymore, clearly. Mm. It's it's Chris Hemsworth. I, I wonder whether Thor is becoming Marvel Superman in that they don't really know what to do with the character anymore. And they're just yeah. saying, like, just make him a comedic talent and let's just hope people yeah. like it. And I and I think yeah. that stems from the fact that the second film failed. Yeah. yeah, Because they tried to stick to that path. It was just sadly not very well written and not very well directed was the no. problem. Whereas the first yeah. one was written fairly well and was directed brilliantly by Kenneth Branagh and looked great. Yeah. He designed it yeah. very well and, and everything. The second one just was poorly put together. Yeah. And then they thought, well, we can't stick with that because it's failed. It's everybody's least and, favourite film. In yeah, the MCU. And you had so let's change director it. changes and stuff, didn't you? And it just yeah. all didn't quite work, did it? Yeah, so they've changed him and, and not for the better, in my opinion. So it's mm. a shame, but I do think we're probably coming to the end of Thor's run. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, he'll, in he'll, the next he'll, few years. he'll go in like... He'll either go off on his own on the Guardians film, have his last, and then uh, have uh, Thor Love and Thunder, and that'll be it, I reckon, because I, I do see Natalie Portman taking over for a time. So Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, I, I, as I said, I think we had various opinions on this episode, but, hey, one of those things. Um, I'm sure <laughs> we'll get to the end of this uh, this season and, and, on the whole, all enjoy that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, as I said, we will be back for the penultimate episode next week um, where Iron Man, where Tony Stark will be taking on Thanos Gamora um, and see where that leaves us for the finale. Thank you again, boys, for joining me. No problem. No problem. And we will see you next week for that penultimate episode. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.